everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to Phantom Power Music. This is the Artist Hour. And we got a cool one lined up for you guys tonight. We've got two artists, Ainsley Costello and Just Loud. And they are going to be sharing the stage up in Minneapolis on the 21st of December at First Avenue in what is going to be the first Noster streamed and RSS streamed live concert coming up. It's going to be really cool. There's a lot of people working behind the scenes at it. So what that means is uh, for those of you guys who are in the, uh, the Noster world and love Zap.Stream, etc., you're going to be able to see the show there and boost some sats. But you're also going to be able to see it on such things as uh, CurioCaster, PodFans, Podcast Guru, Podverse, uh, I believe Fountain as well. And again, send some sats, right? So this is going to be a live streamed concert uh, with these two Bitcoin artists coming up at the end of December. And I thought it'd be fun to get them together to talk about their music as well as talk about Bitcoin. Um, it's a really cool interview. One of the most striking things about it is Just Loud used to be on a major label and he has over 10 million streams on Spotify and he has made zero dollars. Zero. And then you've got Ainsley Costello who joined in the Bitcoin world in July and she's made about 1500 bucks. 1500 bucks in the Bitcoin world versus 10 million streams on Spotify and nothing. And Just Loud has recently jumped into the Bitcoin world, the RSS world, the Nostra world, and is looking to make some headway. So really excited to have him on board, really excited that these two are going to be sharing the bill. And we're going to be talking about all of that. But before we do, let's check out a song from Big Loud called Shrooms, and then we'll get to the interview. Let's check it out. Yeah. 
welcome back. Thank you all for joining us. Really excited to have two artists on the show tonight. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is going to land in the Phantom Power Artist Hour. And these two folks are going to be splitting the bill in uh, Minneapolis coming up at the end of December. We have with us on the line just loud and ainsley costello what's up guys hey hey what's up how Thanks are so you having us i i'm vertical and i'm thrilled to to have both of you now ainsley i know you're in nashville jl where, where are you at dude i am currently in atlanta getting ready you for are, the shows you are down in in uh in the atl and mm -hmm. uh okay right on getting ready for the shows um jail let's let's start with you um okay how um i i i, I got a million questions for you because i know you have been through the ringer with uh labels in the industry and whatnot um so why don't you what why don't you tell us a little bit of story about uh, about your background about where you came from how you got into music and um what some of your influences are right now Okay. Um, first, again, thank you for having me on your show. Um, let's start with, I uh, ran away from home at 15. I knew Ooh. early on, yeah, I knew early on that I wanted to do music. Um, kind of grew up in a cult, uh, like a religious cult where we could not uh, wear short, we could not play sports, we could not uh, go to movies. Um, we could not go to restaurants that had bars. So I lived a very sheltered life and I got, um, I started sneaking out of the house to work with um, a hip hop producer um, by the name of Spratt Doogie and David Bo McKenzie. Um, they were a part of the Mary J. Blige, uh crew for a while. And so I started writing music with them and at 16 years old, I decided to run away from home. And, um, and then I began to stay with my teacher. And one night I got a hold of John Legend's album. And I said that I am going to take a whole night of finding out who his manager was. And I decided to do a spreadsheet of about 1400 names um, for email. And I sent out an email blast to all of um, the manager at that time was Jeff Christie. And um, I did Jeff Christie at Gmail, Jeff.Christie at Gmail, Blackberry, Verizon, different variations <laughs> of his name. <laughs> Damn, and, dude, that is it. I, I got to tell you, yeah. as a guy who's been in sales for like 20 years, that is a guerrilla mm -hmm. tactic for sales, man. I love it. it. it guerrilla tactic, for real. And, and I think I, I, I will never forget, I got so many bounce back emails, you know. And then when I woke up the next morning, I got an automatic response that, hey, I can't get, I, you can't reach me right now. I'm on tour with John please reach my assistant. So I found the right email. So that's how I got started um, in the Just music business. Just one, dude. That is an awesome yeah. story. Yeah. And then uh, I moved to, uh, I became really close with the team and um, he was out on the green light tour 
And I decided to, with a trash bag, I moved to New York. I caught the bus and I planted myself in front of Cut and Room Studio. And I was homeless for a bit. And um, that was the studio that he recorded at. And I stayed there. And um, that's really how I got started. They thought I was crazy. And um, Jeff Christie cut me in. Um, he became my first my first manager, and I lived and moved in with him and his family. That's how I started. Damn, that that's that's got to be one of the <laughs> cool origin stories I've heard, man. Yes, oh. I know. I wouldn't change anything about it. Uh, I, I think when you when you believe that you're called to do something. Uh, and I'm that person. I I don't. I'm not scared, and I'm not afraid. You know. And I knew that if I wanted to make it as an artist, I have to do something that hey, I'm going to show you how how bad I wanted. And that's why I decided to move with two hundred and seventy five dollars to New York. Wow. Okay. So then, uh, I mean, we we could talk for hours about all of that, about just background, yes. about running away from home, about finding your artistic self now coming from such a strict background. I got a lot of buddies who have, uh, who have gone through something similar. Um, mm -hmm. But let me just jump into your uh, artistic flavoring, as it were, because um, when I go through your tracks and I was listening. Yeah, I know you got a four song EP in 2018. You got a couple of singles and a, and a remix that came out that year as well. You had another, you had, and then Blue on Blue came out in 2019. You had a full album in 2022 and you dropped some shrooms <laughs> this year. <laughs> when I hear your music, like I, like when I listen to Angels and Demons, Mm -hmm. I'm hearing R&B and I'm mm -hmm. hearing EDM and I'm hearing some acoustic. And then when I listen to, to um, blue on blue, I mean, that is just plain steamy. Like I'm hearing Curtis Mayfield. I'm hearing Prince. I'm hearing Nile Rogers. Oh my I'm, God. Thank you. <laughs> I'm getting Bowie vibes. Like when I check out your, your portfolio, your visual portfolio. I'm getting Bowie vibes, right? Yeah. Like, but I'm, I'm literally like, I'm hearing everything from Pusherman and Raspberry Beret to even like whenever, wherever, whatever by Maxwell. And then, and then, yeah. and then, oh, just, <laughs> you know, just for fun, 2003 comes along and you drop like Living Color Vernon Reed shrooms in our face. <laughs> I mean, I, I love yeah. your, your catalog, man. I'm, I'm Thank just, you. and you pull all of it off really well. Like where, where are you? If, if somebody had to ask you stylistically who you are, like, what, what do you say? Um, that's a good question. Cause I, I think when I think I know who I am, I change the next day, you know? So it's like, I have a feeling that you never meet the same me twice. And, and it's, it's, it applies to my music as well. So you will never hear the same song twice. Um, I, I collect music. I collect sound. And um, I'm a theater kid. I think that's where it starts. Um, theater kid? Been, theater kid. 
So okay, yeah. you know how you, you never play the same role twice. That's how yeah. I am. And um, I, I think I, I grew up as a loner. So I have so many voices, you know, the voices that like I always say in my interviews, the voices that are in my head, they come out in my music. So that's why you would never hear the same type of style type. Well, as a guy who like my, my first love musically is jazz piano. So I can respect like never playing the same song twice, never playing the same gig twice, right? Right. Um, very cool. And I know that, and I, I guess now that I know more about your story about running away from home and, and the religious upbringing and everything, like now it, it makes more sense too with respect to how many genres that, that you hit upon. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I mean like, the the current like I am so weird like again like when I'm listening to it I'm like why do I why, why do I keep hearing Curtis Mayfield I don't know maybe it was the falsetto um, yeah, yeah maybe maybe <laughs> yeah maybe but, that, I, 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 but blue on yeah. blue is just steamy man like that oh, what a great track what a great track thanks yeah so so tell me then uh, all right so now now let's get into some of the so some of the BS you've been through with the labels, because you were signed to a major deal, were you not? Yes. yes. I, I definitely, so I would say I got crowned as being a child world industry baby. I don't know if you ever heard that term or not, but um, it's the term where I have been around a lot of camp and um, this last record deal that I signed back in uh, 2015, 18, one of those years. Um, yeah, that was, let's just say, it was a journey. <laughs> it was yeah. a journey through hell, okay? A journey through hell. Did they... And, and and I and then I guess in talking to your manager or, or what I've heard from other people is that, like, you, you were to, you were playing Lollapalooza in Chicago and, and uh, railing against your label on stage, which I love the anarchy in that. I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's that in and of itself is art. I I, I view political yes. speech. I'm called just loud for a reason. I'm just loud for. I I listen. I speak my mind. I'm I'm not. I, one thing I refuse to do, and that's to uh, right is right and wrong is wrong. I'm not in this business to be famous. Um, yeah. I do have a lot of famous friends, and a lot of them are miserable. So yeah. I like to, I, I say it all the time, I can play in front of 10,000 people, um, and I've done that. And I can also be at a karaoke bar with only 10 people there, and you still can get the same show, you know? Um, yeah. And that particular day, um, I told them, though, so there's a thing that a lot of people don't know, um, and I'll say it first on your show, it's when I have my wig on, that means everything is good. If I take my wig off and I perform, that means we're all bad. Something is going on. All right. And so I performed Lollapalooza. I told them, I told the label that, hey, if I do this show, just know that I may say some things on the mic, and I will be quitting. This will be my last show, okay? And um, yes, it was my last show. 
I, I decided to exit stage left. Well, I, I can imagine, I mean, I, I won't ask you to go into the details, but I would imagine it had to do with um, songwriting credits. I would imagine it had to do with royalty splits. I would imagine it had to do with controlling your image. And I would imagine it had to do with controlling not only the the musical texture of what you wanted to produce, but the lyrical texture as well. Is that is that correct? Um, honestly, none of those issues, none of those um, things that you mentioned were the issues. The only thing, and I haven't said this out loud either, um, the president of that label um, said in a meeting, and get ready for this, um, he said that Just Loud was a, the N-word and their racehorse. And when they got back to me, I said, I refuse for this man to make any type of money off of me. I, I quit. I quit. I looked up to the president of the label. Um, he was my mentor. Um, and when I got word from my previous management that it was an argument and I was called the N-word and that I was cornered as being um, coined as being the racehorse for the label because I'm a, I am the type of artist. Um, every day I'm writing. Um, I love being on stage. I know what it is to entertain. And I, I will never say no. And when sometimes when labels see that and they, they, they see that you, you have a drive, it, it allows them to, to say everything. And, and sometimes they think that you want the thing, you know? Um, and with me, it was a little different. I, I don't necessarily need the thing. I, I love making music and I love singing and I love performing, you know? And I'm always having a show at my house by myself. So um, that's why I decided to stop. It had nothing to do with royalties or, or, or songs or anything like that. It had something, it, it had to do with something more important, which is just basic core respect and basic core human rights yes that's the way i take it i mean yeah good good for you yeah thank you thank you you're not a jukebox you're an artist you're not an atm you're an artist yeah yeah and it's, honestly it was the best move that i ever made because i met my business partner who I, I deem as my personal Thor and my hero at Lollapalooza. And together, we were able to get out of that bad record deal and also obtain my publishing um, and get out of my publishing deal. So sometimes you have to stand, you know, and I won't say that it was easy, but I will say that I, if I had to do it again, I would. Wow. Wow. Well, and now that you are, um, now that you're beginning to release music on your own terms and you're releasing them out in the Bitcoin space, uh, I mean, hopefully you can get, uh, hopefully you can start making a decent, uh, a decent income at it. 
Um, how oh, has <laughs> yeah? How how has the song Shrooms um, been received over on Wavelength? Oh, I'm I'm climbing up the charts with it. Nice. I'm climbing up the charts. I, I I love. First of all, I I'm a huge fan of Wavelength for what they're doing. It's so meant for artists, like true artists, like like hey, listen, if you if you support what I do. And I don't think a lot of people understand the actual, they always say starving artists. We always say that, but why does it have to be that way? You know what I'm saying? Like we, we pay for studio, we pay for the clothes, we make sure, you know, we got to eat, you know what I'm saying? So it's like when you have a platform where you can actually get the, the love back versus just a like, on Instagram versus just the like on Facebook, and you can actually see that hey, I physically and monetarily support you, value for value. I think it encourages us as an artist to keep going and keep pushing to write something greater, and that's what's yeah, happening now. That's a great opportunity to bring Ainsley back in on this. First of all, Ainsley, thank you for for sitting along and listening to that while my jaw was on the floor for the last. Oh my god, you're not minutes. alone. So was mine. I've for anyone listening, we're all like on a we're on all on a little Zoom Google Meet call. I've just been muted the whole time, but I'm just like, what? I mean, I just want to say before, like you asked me some questions. I like just loud. I massively respected you from like the first note that I heard when I like clicked on your Spotify profile. Now hearing your story, like that has increased tenfold. Like what? Just Thanks. yeah, like Siri, you're such. Such an inspiration, such an artist, and like I am, God, I'm so excited to to, to share at the stage with you. Seriously, like yeah, it'll it it'll be a fun show to see how you guys see how your two styles mix up. Ainsley, talk about because uh, you've been on Wavelength now for a couple months, mm -hmm. right? And Just Loud's been on there for about a month. Um, what? Like when you hear about what he was just saying with respect to value for value and everything, like what's your experience? Like how do you how do you respond to that and 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 the response that you've gotten from Wavelike? Yeah, I mean Wavelike is just so very cool and very revolutionary. So like very long story short, because I know that we've got some other things to talk about. But so I got on the Wavelike in July or August of this year. Um, it's just stupid, crazy, funny story. So my dad's a bit of a Bitcoin like crypto enthusiast. And um, who would have thought that there's a place in Nashville called Bitcoin Park? I didn't honestly know that. Um, but one week, my dad was down there at um, at some lightning summit, I think it was. And there was this demo going on of a company called Wavelake. And so my dad, being my dad, makes friends like everywhere he goes. And he met Sam Means, who is the owner and the creator of Wavelake. Um, and so one day after, after my mom and I, we went in and we saw the demo. We were kind of just like, you know what? This is cool. Like, I've got nothing to lose. Um, so we, we kind of just put our music, I, we, well, we put my music up and it just kind of exploded in this new kind of Bitcoin web three world. And it's, it's just really cool. Are you, are, are you experiencing that, that value for value vibe that, that just loud is, is talking about? I mean, like the, the, the interaction from the fans, from, from the Bitcoin, from the Satoshis, I guess. Absolutely. Coming straight to you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the the really, really cool thing about Wave Lake and this value for value community is that 
listeners know exactly where their money is going. Their money is going directly to the artists who they're listening to instead of like if one of, one of the things that I've kind of learned to talk about in this kind of whole new experience is that if you're a listener, if you're just a fan and you're listening on Spotify or Apple Music and you love a song, there's no direct way to pay that artist to show them how much you appreciate them, how much you love that song. You pay Spotify, which then goes through a million gatekeepers and that however much money a month subscription gets diluted down even further. And so then that all comes back to the artists like a year later in pennies and so that's absolutely not the case with wave lake and the podcasting 2.0 world like they there is a uh, there's a huge community of people here who believe that artists should be paid and should be able to make a living off of the art that they are creating and that they are giving to the world for basically free that's what we've been doing forever and i'm sure just loud like you probably had moments like that where you felt like uh, just on Spotify or Apple Music or in the traditional music industry, it feels like you're giving away your music for free and you're not really seeing anything back. And so there is really a huge community here who believes in uplifting artists and paying them what they're worth. Yeah, Just Loud, you you had 10 million or you've had 10 million streams on Electrified, right? On, on 10 Spotify. Mi 10 million. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, now the conventional wisdom or, or, what, or, or what is heard around Nashville is that is that it it would be know, it, like anywhere from fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars per million mm -hmm. um how much if 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 you don't want to answer this question i i i absolutely respect it uh and i know that um but how much how much revenue did you see from 10 million streams what revenue there's your answer yeah, ten million stream. What revenue? You got nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And I, Ainsley, I think the the only the only thing that you get is yeah. the the I guess the false sense of oh my god I got ten million streams and and hey how am I going to pay bills off of nothing you know yeah so yeah. Well, and it's interesting, we're having this discussion on the day that everybody starts putting out their Spotify stats, right? Like, I don't know if you've started to see it in email and, and on the socials today, but, you know, just about every independent artist that is trying to make it up in the world right now is like, this year I had 20, you know, 20 million streams and blah, 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 blah. 800 listeners and 45 countries and three sons, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, and what goes through the back of my mind is okay great you had you know congrats because that's a that's hella hard to get 10 million streams 5 million streams 20 million streams it's a huge accomplishment yeah yeah but nothing from nothing is nothing you know absolutely and you know if those guys it, you know, and, and what excites me about this and what I've been talking about it on my podcasts. And when I listen to Adam Curry and Ainsley, maybe you can talk about this a little bit because I, because I think you've had more interaction with them, but like if all of that energy was translated over into 
the podcasting world, into the RSS world, where we're starting to see all these music broadcasts pop up. And the guys from the Podcasting 2.0 Index have been, you know, putting together the, not only the technology to do this, but the pushes to get these songs out there so that everybody knows, oh, who's this, who's this dude just loud that dropped this song shrooms? And what's this latest song from Ainsley, right? Like, if it wasn't, I, I mean, put, getting into the Bitcoin space is one thing, but if it wasn't for Adam Curry and podcasting, Ainsley, you probably, like, w w would you have had the same success? Would you have been getting the same amount of uh, saps in? Oh, my gosh. If it weren't for Adam and everyone on the podcasting 2.0 network, 2.0 network i don't think i like would have had anywhere near the same reaction as i've had in this world you know adam he's really one of those people who's leading the charge in this in this new space yeah um and this this rss tech really allows like the decentralized management of content to go directly to the creator through the use of digital currency which is bitcoin um but Besides just uploading my music onto Wavelake, because I've been able to upload it to all of these other platforms like Podverse and Podbands, that's allowed me to get introduced to, again, this community of people who really believe that artists should be paid for the work that they produce. Um, but no, my gosh, like if it, if it weren't for Adam and all these other guys who like are really so passionate about this technology and passionate that artists should be able to make a living. Like, I don't think I would have had anywhere near the same response that I got. And one thing that I thought was interesting just to like to back backtrack for a second, when we were talking about um, how big an accomplishment it is to get 10 million streams, it is, it's a huge accomplishment. But the one thing that like kind of struck my mind when we were talking about that was there's almost a little bit of like a double standard in the music industry when something like that happens or you reach a milestone like that, right? Where it's like, oh, the, the industry expects you to be happy and excited about, oh, like I've reached this big milestone, but at the same time, like you're getting screwed over by not seeing any of that revenue. You're not being able to live off of that big accomplishment, yet you're still feeling this pressure to be happy. And oh my gosh, I, I'm so grateful for this. And at least I've gotten this thing. Like that was just, that that double standard kind of just popped out to me as, as just loud I was listening to your story. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm really, uh, I mean, Ainsley, you, you've had, you know, we, we've blogged about you over here in the past, and and you've obviously kind of, you know, for lack of a better better term, you kind of been the darling of the the um, of the Bitcoin music 2.0 RSS world, whatever you want to call it. Um, it it'll be interesting to see how quickly this thing grows. I mean, uh, the movement needs quality artists, which is one of the reasons why I'm thrilled that just loud is in there um dude i can't wait for you to start dropping uh your your most recent you know you the, the next pieces of your catalog in there and for people to get it's coming good yeah. i love it man. it's coming i love now yeah. are, are, are the next songs <laughs> that the next songs that are coming up are they as heavy as shrooms or what what are they what, what where are you going musically next what what journey are you going to take us on sir I, well, I will tell you that um, I I'm, I'm, I wrote a song. I'm finishing up the drum now. It's called Prisoner of Love. And let's just say um, 
Rebel Yell, Billy Idol, modern day version. Um, I'm in that vein at the moment. Um, and I also have a song called Moon Child um, that I wrote a few years ago and I finally finished mixing it. I'm about to put that out as well. Um, I have 9,000 some songs, so it's going to be God. fun. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. 9,000? Yeah, 9,000. Mm-hmm. My little 9, can't plus. even handle that. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's no matter what, I can honestly just upload. And every day, you know, I think me and my business partner, who is the Adam? There's something good about the, the name Adam because I have a personal <laughs> Adam as well. Um, it's, yeah, it's like we did the math and it's like I can really release a song just every day for the rest of my life and my, my kid's life. And yeah. <laughs> and then some. Like when you said 9,000 songs, immediately I thought of Prince's discography and how like he can, I don't remember what the statistic was, but I saw somewhere that like he can, his, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? He can release like another album for the rest of like a, another album a year for like another hundred years because he wrote that much music. That's just so yes. wild to me. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. You know, I don't even think I've read 9,000 pages in my entire life. So for you to have written 9,000 yeah. songs, damn. Like, yep. do, do, do you sleep? <laughs> um, you know, the things I, I can tell you my trick i don't watch tv um and if i do watch tv it's like i love luffy and twilight zone so i'm not like i don't have hobbies like you know because of my upbringing we were you know super sheltered so i do yeah. i do the same thing every day and melodies of me angry was we're talking about this earlier it's like a blessing and a curse because no matter what anyone says um i start writing a song in my head when people are talking and like or if i read something or melodies come out of nowhere and it, it's, it's it's non-stop like and i'm grateful for the gifts but um it can be challenging especially if i'm in a relationship because i communicate through music and i'm gonna always write about it so um that's my only hobby and that's the the only thing that I really do is just write music and produce music all day. Like from the time I wake up, time I go to sleep. Yeah. If I go I, to sleep. Well, Ainsley, what's, um, what's, I mean, he, he's got a couple songs coming out. Um, what, what, what's next coming up for you? Yeah, I mean, I've been in a very, like, just loud state of living this year. Um, since the beginning of this year, all I've been doing is just in the studio, writing, 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 you know. Um, this is the first year that I've, I haven't released anything, which has been a little scary, but you know, I kind of had to let my, my, my life catch up to my writing in, in some way. So when January of this year hit, I was like, you know what, I need to take a step back. I need to just write some music that I really love and that I'm really proud of. And I was also finishing my degree this year. I graduated from Berkeley College of Music in May. Um, nice. Thank you. Um, but um, yeah, so I've just been writing a lot of stuff that I'm really excited about this year. And so now it's just kind of getting ready for the show that just loud and i have in less than a month baby which i'm so excited hey. about and then, um, <laughs> yes it's gonna be so awesome and then getting ready for releasing all these 
songs next year and kind of learning how to live in tandem with this new world and also keeping keeping up with the traditional music industry too because <laughs> in some ways you know like we can we can bag on it as much as we want but we're all kind of beholden to it so it's it's been a little bit of a journey learning how to walk in both worlds at the same time yeah well i'll tell you like you guys really have a great opportunity um at your feet with um with Bitcoin and with with all these different podcasting apps that are out there, I mean, you um, and all the and all the different ways that you can monetize your music. Now, I mean, I'm you know I, I'm in my fifties. I'm an older guy, but you know, thirty years ago when I was banging away in L.A., you know, the, we had the gatekeepers at the at the recording studios and the, and the record companies that they really prohibited you know, in, independence from really getting off the ground and going somewhere. But you guys, I mean, it, it, it's a blessing and a curse. You know, I've, I've talked about this on some of my podcasts. There's no barrier to entry into the industry. So somebody who only knows three chords and has a shitty voice, you know, can release songs all day long on Spotify and, and you can't stop them, right? I mean, that's, you know, but then, but, but then again, the beauty of it is, okay, they're still releasing art, you know, it's nice to be able to do things independently. It's nice to not have the gatekeepers, especially when the gatekeepers come with um, uh, just horrible in intentions, um, misaligned political motives, bad hearts, you know, as we have heard tonight from Just Loud's story with respect to uh, that label president. Uh, but you guys have a, have a unique opportunity in front of you um, with websites like wavelake or, or ellen beats or and all these all the different podcasting apps curiocaster pod fans pod fan guru podverse um you know aside from just the staples that everybody goes to the app and then the apples and the spotify which do not compensate not only artists but podcasters as well in, in the same fashion so you guys really have a unique opportunity um at your feet with with the industry and and on top of the fact that both of you, I mean, you're, you're pretty damn good songwriters too. So kudos to both of you guys on that. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. So how did, how did this joint gig come about? Like, uh, did your, did your respective managers make this happen or what, or did you guys reach out behind, find each other on the scenes on social, social media and decided to try and take over Minneapolis for a night? How did this whole thing come about? Well, um, from my understanding, so someone who we met in this in this whole new world, um, his name is Mike Kyleen. He's the CFO at First Avenue. And um, my my manager and I, we started talking to him a little bit. And then he was kind of the one who introduced this idea of what if we do a, a Bitcoin meetup night at First Avenue? Um, and he when uh, when I was talking to him, he was like, hey, you know, like I know this other really cool artist just loud. Um, I think you guys would be like on a, you guys would be really cool on a bill together. And so since then, that was the idea just kind of came out a couple of months ago. And so ever since then, um, we've kind of just been, we've been in, in talks. We've been both kind of planning and plotting and scheming our own sets. And it's funny because today is actually the first time that Just Loud and I have actually physically been able to talk to each other. So it's really exciting. <laughs> right. But it feels like I feel like I've been knowing you a long time already, Anthony. So absolutely, I you're mean, an old soul, just loud. We've been around the block a little bit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Shout out to Mike though, because Mike is um, Mike did uh, introduce me to her music, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna be a hell of a show. 
this is going to be a hell of a show. And I'm, I'm honored that I'm going to be sharing stages with you. I oh, my gosh. Likewise. That. Thank you so much. Yeah, Mike, you're the MVP. We love you. We're so excited. Hey, we love you. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. Mike's really known in the in the Bitcoin community. And, and, and I know he's been pushing for something like this. And I know that um, that this is going to be like that. You, you guys are working on the live stream of this as well right like i i know that I, I heard the first avenue was going to be live streaming this so that people can send in bitcoin while you guys are playing your set is that correct yeah absolutely yeah. so if i could um if i could kind of just like put in a few little tiny little bits of information here so on december 20th and 21st there are going to be two shows that we're going to be live streaming on both nostr and the rss to broadcast the shows and these are going to allow fans to send money during the show instantaneously from all over the world with sats and bitcoin um so just real quick fans need fans are going to need a specific app to do this uh for nostr you'll need some special links which you can find in the days leading up to the show on my website ainsleycostello.com or on my twitter ainsleymusic07 and for rss you'll need a modern podcast app that also allows video right now i think there are three or so so go grab one of these apps which are podfans.fm podcastguru.io or podverse.fm so and if You're you head on over gracious so if you head on over to my website, like you'll have all of the links there, all of the resources that you need to support me and Just Loud and the other artists who are going to be performing on both of these nights. Um, and just one other quick little thing. You'll also want to get yourself a teeny tiny little bit of Bitcoin. I promise it'll be helpful and it won't be painful. Just grab Cash App and sign up um, right there on the app. You can buy your first bit of Bitcoin in minutes. And then the night of the show, you can zap me, Just Loud, on Noster um, within the podcast apps. So it's going to be really cool. These are to my understanding some of the first value for value and lightning enabled music events so i think they're going to be so so exciting yeah i think it's the first what i mean i i know some guys have done some lightning enabled um live streams before but i think the, what's unique about this one is that it's going to be um noster and rss at the same time um which we could have for all of you propeller heads that are listening to tonight's broadcast, uh, you guys know as well as I do that uh, uh, we could have a whole show on Noster versus uh, RSS. Maybe we should have a cage match show on Noster versus RSS. That, that'd be fun. There's probably like two guys who are laughing at that comment right now. And you guys, my guests, Ainsley and Just Loud, you're like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um wow well you guys thank you guys both for for joining us uh, again i apologize for the technical delays at the start but to the listeners out there uh this whole thing got delayed by about 20 minutes because at&t and their fabulous internet service decided to take a dump right before our scheduled start time tonight so my apologies i appreciate you both for waiting around um while I was getting that done, just loud. You got anything else you want to you, you want to throw out there before us? Anything else you want to say? Uh, the only thing I got to say is um, I'm going to be hitting the stage with with my colleague and my friend Ingley. We're going to kill it and just be prepared because um, I think I need to change my name to just louder because uh, I'm probably going to be a little bit louder this time around. So. It'll be my first show back, and I'm super excited about it. Awesome. Really Say excited less, to see 
really excited to, to, to see it. And I thank you both for joining us. And I'm, and I'm excited to see what you guys are doing in the Bitcoin space and, and uh, bringing in other artists. And if you guys know any other artists, independent artists um, that are interested in joining, kick them over our way. We, we can direct them in the right way to Wavelake or, or some other great sites out there. So uh, we started the show with shrooms that was a, that was the song everybody heard before the interview and we're going to end the show with cherry on top so angel will take us out with cherry on top and uh just loud and ainsley thanks again hope to uh, uh hope to catch the show and hope to speak with you again soon thank you for having us thank you guys so much jl i can't wait to meet you in real in real life hey i'll see you soon girl to be young again and touring and playing shows wouldn't that be nice 
Hey, thanks to Ainsley and uh, Just Loud for jumping on board. Now, let me go over some specifics here. So Ainsley is playing the 20th and the 21st. Uh, she's at, on the 20th, she's at O'Shaughnessy Distillery, I think it is. And then the 21st, she and Just Loud are at uh, First Avenue in Minneapolis. And Just Loud is the headliner. Uh, I don't know if he's playing another show in town that night or not. Uh, either way, go to Just Loud's social media or Ainsley Costello's social media to check out uh, ticket information and things of that nature. Uh, one of the, uh, like the, the, the First Avenue event is ticketed and the, the event with it, that Ainsley's doing on the 20th is uh, like an RSVP type of thing. Uh, it's at a Bitcoin meetup in uh, Minneapolis. And other than that, thank you all very much for listening. Don't forget to send some sats. Scroll back. We're splitting this episode with those two artists so that they can get the bulk of the sats, right? Also, big thank you to our host, RSS Blue, and Mr. Davidas, who is just awesome. Thank you, sir, for all of your help in all of this. And thanks to the folks uh, at uh, First Avenue and Mike who are putting together the show and everybody in the podcasting 2.0 RSS world that have made our lives a hell of a lot more interesting in the last couple of months. So thanks, y'all. Take it easy. Don't forget to smile for the mugshot. <laughs>